0: Hi, everyone. It's Jen DeWall. And on this week's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast, we are doing a mini-sode. There are so many people that have been recently impacted by layoffs this year. And we know that there are more layoffs to come. There might also be people that are what we call layoff survivors. They have the guilt of not being laid off. And in this mini-sode, we wanted to address those that are going through layoffs, as well as the leaders that are managing a team that is in the organization after the layoffs have occurred. So today we're talking about dealing with layoffs, how to pivot and seize the opportunities. Because 48% of respondents reported having layoff anxiety. Fear, if we think about how that shows up in our workplace, how that impacts our ability to make decisions, collaborate, and even manage our mental health. And of those respondents, 28 percent, almost 30 percent of them have been laid off in the past two years. The fear of layoffs or the feeling of being laid off is real. It's directly tied to our mental health. And it's important to acknowledge that layoffs obviously are incredibly hard, not only for the people that are laid off, but also for the people that are left behind. And in today's minisode, what we're going to talk about is coping with the emotions around layoffs. Exploring alternative career options, what you can do now to focus on what you can control, and then how, if you're an organization that recently made layoffs, if you're a leader, how you can support your team members after the layoffs. So let's go ahead and dive into this and coping with emotions around the layoffs. Let's talk about how to manage the stress and anxiety related to those layoffs. First and foremost, if you've been laid off, one of the common thought tracks, what we tell ourselves, is that we blame ourselves and we ruminate and we think if I'd only done this differently or if I'd only had this, what's wrong with me? And we have a tendency to really be incredibly hard on ourselves. This is a time that I think it's important to feel those feelings, but we have to challenge the stories that we're writing. And so if you have recently been laid off, you know, if we want to stop that rumination period and that self blame, we have to start acknowledging the feelings that we have. And it's called our own emotional literacy. Emotional literacy is our ability to define, identify, and understand what we're feeling. You might be feeling grief, confusion, anger, worry, and anxiety. Emotional literacy is all about naming the emotion that you're feeling and then thinking, if I'm feeling in this particular way, such as angry, then using that to guide your solution. If I'm angry, what am I angry about? How much time do I want to give to process this? I might be angry that I was laid off, feeling like I got the wrong end of the deal. And what can we do then? How long do we want to live in that anger? We have to identify it so we can start to process and then release it. And another thing about how to manage the stress and anxiety related to laid-offs is letting go of the shame. And remember that being laid-off is not a reflection of your worth. There are so many people that have been laid-off But the stories that we write, what we tell ourselves is that I am flawed, no organization is going to want me, I don't even want to talk about this, when in reality, more people have been laid off than what you actually think. It's not tied to the value that you brought to that organization you were released from, nor the value that you're going to bring to another organization. And if you find yourself in that rumination or that shame place, it's really important to prioritize your self-care and even start by keeping a daily routine, a routine, some form of structure where you might wake up in the morning and maybe you write down your goals for the day, and then you get a workout in, and then you begin your job search start and create a structure that is one way for you to start to feel like you're moving closer to your towards your next step. And it's a way that you can start to feel accountable, believing that things happen because of me, instead of feeling like there's nothing I can do. And it's really important during this process to trust yourself, knowing that you may not have experienced a layoff before, but you might have experienced a really difficult and tough situation and survived. What can you draw from that experience to be able to help your resilience today? You've handled these challenges in the past. You've learned new things. You've solved different problems. This is no different. And draw on that experience and think about what was helpful in that past. What were some of the reminders or mantras that you had for yourself? What specific actions or behaviors helped you feel grounded during periods of uncertainty or extreme challenge? But if you want to think and be start to be proactive, let's think about if you've been laid off, you know, if we want to shift our focus, allowing that grieving to happen because it's totally natural, then when that's happened, it's time to think about how can you better position yourself for the next opportunity? Being laid off can leave us at home with our thoughts. It can make everything seem so much worse. We can write really bad stories that impact our mental health, I'm not good enough, I'll never find a job like that one. What if you will? We have to challenge our thoughts and the assumptions that we're making about the opportunities that will come next for us. So instead of saying I'm not good enough, what about even switching that to say I am good enough and I will find another job that I like even more? Oftentimes because of our own negativity bias, we initially draw the worst case conclusion I want you to expand the scenarios that you can see. What you start to absorb and process is what your brain will listen to. So challenge that negativity bias that's telling you that you're not good enough or you'll never find a job like that by painting and providing a different scenario. I like to describe this in a simple way as either what if down, that's drawing fear-based conclusions, what if the worst happens, and instead looking at what if up. Those are possibility-based conclusions. What if things do work out? What if the next great job or the next job you find actually is the best job that you've ever found? And remember that this opportunity... Is or this chance right now is an opportunity to really drill down and focus on what you can control. There's a lot of uncertainty. Our brains don't like uncertainty. So we have to provide that structure, what we talked about earlier in building a routine, and then also think, given what's in my wheelhouse, what can I control? And so let's talk about what you can control. You can control staying informed about company news and industry trends. Think about how this might benefit you. You might be able to reference this in an interview process. It might help you give you new insights into the next career that you want to do. So start to build in time of your routine of staying informed about what's going on. It will help your learning, and we'll talk about that more in a second. Another thing that you could control is thinking about additional skills training. Maybe through the <clears throat> research that you've been doing on company news and industry trends, you found that there's new skills that are going to be desired within that specific industry. How can you start to actually develop those skills? Or you could even do a skills inventory and ask yourself, what skills do I want to enhance? Or what ones do I want to you know, grow more in? Another thing that you can control is starting to expand your network and relationship building. You can reach out to former colleagues for support or referrals and information about job opportunities. LinkedIn is, of course, a great way to do this, but you could also look at local industries and associations that are a part of the former industry that you were in. Stay connected and active in these professional circles to keep your spirits up and to stay on people's minds when new opportunities pop up. This is especially important because oftentimes when we're laid off, we're fired, we quit our jobs, whatever that is, we're left without that social interaction that the workplace provides. Networking can become another place where you build that social connection, even if it feels awkward at first. And while you're there, learn how to stand out. Let people know what you're looking for. Be curious. There's a great book if you want to think about your skills training called The Fine Art of Small Talk by Deborah Fine. You could check out this book. Use that to build your confidence within networking and relationship building. Remember, you've got time now. How do you want to invest this time because you're not going to have it forever? You will get a new job. PressCom is a global organization dedicated to developing effective leaders. Companies all over the world have seen their managers transformed into leaders through our award-winning and accredited leadership development programs. Our signature BPM program provides interactive management training with a results-oriented curriculum and prime networking opportunities. If you're interested in learning more about our flagship program and developing your managers into leaders, please visit our website to find a leadership trainer near you. Or maybe you yourself have always wanted to train and develop others. Crestcom is a global franchise with ownership opportunities available throughout the world. If you have ever thought about being your own boss, owning your own business, and leveraging your leadership experience to impact businesses and leaders in your community, Crestcom may be the right fit for you. We're looking for professional executives who are looking for a change and want to make a difference in people's lives. Learn more about our franchise opportunity on the own a franchise page of our website at CrossCom.com. This is also another time in terms of focusing what on what you can control to re-evaluate your happiness within your role in industry. Are you actually happy with the type of role? Or Did you actually not really like it and you were staying there because it provided security? Now might be the opportunity to push you in a different direction that you've been longing to go. And there is another person that was on our podcast a few years ago, Dr. Sarah Beth Burke. She talks about the concept in her book, You Are, or in her book, More Than Your Title. Sometimes when we're looking for new jobs, we can pigeonhole ourselves into that specific title that one organization once granted us. Instead of just looking at the title that you had, look at the skills that you have. Check out what your hybrid identity is. This is what Sarah Beth Burke is talking about with you are more than your title. We are so much more than that designated title. And I want you to flip the script. If it wasn't the director or the vice president or the manager, what are the specific skills that you can lean into so you can find that value and worth? And how can you leverage your skills? Because if we want to think about how to leverage these, then it's important to explore what are different career options that you could pursue. Sometimes people hesitate, you know, if we even think about entrepreneurship, sometimes people hesitate to go into business for themselves when they have a secure job. A layoff might be the time that you actually explore entrepreneurship, wanting to work for yourself. I can remember the time that I left a job, it wasn't on great terms, and I left really abruptly. It wasn't a layoff, I quit, but it still left me open with opportunities and nowhere that I knew I was going. And that was my opportunity then back in 2014 to decide, or 2013, 2014, to pursue a career within leadership development, coaching, and speaking. I had left a toxic work environment where I wasn't a cultural fit, I knew that I didn't want... I knew I no longer wanted to allow someone else to determine my worth. And the other thing that was important to me was giving back and helping others. So you can use your pain during this experience to fuel an entirely new career path. And for those that might be interested in going into business for yourself, some of the benefits You know, it's not always easy. I need to say that because you need to learn how to self-structure. You need to be really intentional about the type of business that you want to operate or the service that you want to provide. But when you get over that, let's just talk about the benefits. We're not talking about the hard parts yet. Entrepreneurship provides a flexible lifestyle and schedule. You get to be your own boss. And so you have a higher sense of control. You can choose the work that makes you happy. You have more autonomy for what you say yes and know to, and who you go into business with. And one of my personal favorites of being my own boss is that I am on a path of continuous learning. I live in the leadership space. I love bringing that research to many different people. And I always, always, always am looking for new ways to learn and grow. What are the new industry trends? What are the new ways that I can help? It's this beautiful quest for learning. And there's an open-ended career progression. I might be an entrepreneur today, and maybe tomorrow, my skill development that I've done as an entrepreneur will lead me into a different organization or a different career path. And of course, the financial benefits of being your own boss. You get to have more financial autonomy. You can set your fees. You can generate more revenue. Again, it takes work. So I don't want to pretend that this just happens once you decide to be a business owner. And the last benefit that I'll talk about is your own sense of purpose. You can receive or achieve a higher motivation and morale when you're taking control of your own business and you're the one that's responsible for the outcomes. There's a different motivation when you're working for yourself versus working for a company. And there are many individuals that have made this choice to go into entrepreneurship after a layoff. Sanaya Al-Amin, She is the founder of Flynanced, which is a career development and wealth building firm. And she founded this firm after she got laid off from PayPal. Oprah Winfrey got laid off as a news reporter, and that propelled her to a different place within her career. And of course, she is a household name for every not everyone, but many people around the world. And here's a stat from... The tech world, 63% of tech workers report starting their own company post layoff. There are a lot of people that look at this layoff as an opportunity to truly reassess, am I happy or do I want to do different, something different? At Crestcom. for those that might not know. Crestcom is of course the organization that we host this podcast for. And many of our franchisees, we're a franchise network, come in to our organization because they have had a career change. Some of them have had layoffs. Some of them have, you know, chosen that they wanted to shift what their purpose was in their career. And they've come into Crestcom and invested in a franchisee or in a franchise because they wanted to focus on giving back through leadership development. This is your time for anyone that's sitting here, to build your career in a meaningful way, whether you choose to do that in entrepreneur land or whether you choose to go back into an organization. Now, the final piece that I want to share is for the leaders that maybe are struggling with managing the morale during the layoffs. Um, The people that have been left over, the layoff survivors is a term that they're often called. You know, One important thing, if you're managing that team and you've had a culture that recently underwent layoffs, is to talk about it. This is the one of the most important times for an organization to communicate effectively. You need to embrace transparency. Otherwise, you will be vulnerable to false rumors, which can add stress and it can drain morale. So when we're secretive about what the next steps of the business are, it's going to cause people to draw their own conclusions. Oh my goodness, I'm going to be next, so I better start looking for another job. If you want to keep people or build their sense of security and stability, psychological safety, you've got to talk to them about it. And you can do that through one-on-one meetings. You can do that by communicating organizational changes and their intended impact or what the timeline looks like or saying, hey, based on today, we have no future changes to our workforce. It's important to provide that reassurance to your team that they are safe and acknowledge their feelings that they are worried and anxious about it. If you pretend that doesn't exist, you are not seeing the whole person, and that person might be struggling to focus on doing their job because they're so concerned about not making mistakes, doing it perfect, because they don't want to be the next one. You need to create psychological safety. We've talked about this through countless podcasts. It's, of course, incredibly important to our well-being at work. And around the time of layoffs, if your organization went through one, you've got to talk about it. And if you have laid someone off, and let's say that person was the glue or the gel to the team, it's incredibly important to talk positively about that person. One of the biggest mistakes that you can make is to start to talk negative about some of their friends and colleagues or former bosses that they respected. When you do that, you're diminishing your own credibility. So be sure to talk kindly about those that were laid off. There are multiple reasons that go into a layoff, and it's not necessarily always tied to performance. Another way to maintain the morale during the layoffs is to focus on recognition. This is really the time that you've got to see the people that are there supporting your infrastructure of your organization. And when you're doing that recognition, it's not just enough to say, good job. Remember, you have to be specific about the behavior that you saw, the impact that it made. Go the extra mile and make recognition a deliberate part of your strategy, and the next part of your strategy, along with recognition, is also building opportunities to connect. After layoffs, people might have lost friends or colleagues that they loved working with, and we know that it's important for our own well-being at work to have a friend at work, to connect with our teams. And since there's so much change in your organizational infrastructure, you have to intentionally build in those times to connect. So do the happy hours, do the service retreats. I'll talk about more in a second. And finally, other ways that you can support your employees, of course, is to develop their own skills and provide opportunities for growth. You might be asking them to do more. Make sure that you're doing the appropriate training so they feel they can actually get the job done instead of giving them that sink or swim feeling where I just have to do this and then they get burned out and then they actually leave your job, leaving you with, of course, even less resources. So this is an important time as a leader to be really intentional about the workloads of your employees. You want to avoid overloading the remaining workers. Burnout becomes a real threat to your retention if you continuously expect people to do more with less. And knowing those constraints, knowing the stress that your workforce might be under, it's important to create a support network, a place where workers can express their concerns and get help. It might be referring them to your employee resource programs. It might be having a specific conversation or setting up those talks about the frustrations and challenges. Create support networks so people can process this great amount of change and the additional responsibilities that they likely had to absorb. And another thing you can do is start to collect feedback. This is the time that you want to be doing stay interviews with people there. What keeps them there? What are they happy about? What do they not like? What are their challenges? If you're not paying attention to your current workforce, you're missing an opportunity to create a retention strategy. When there's so much uncertainty after our layoffs, people's first thought is, I might be next. And so they're likely, not all the case, Some of them might already be job searching. And if you want to retain them, it's important to conduct state interviews and collect feedback and actually respond to it. Don't just collect it. It's not enough to just hear it. You'll actually erode trust more if you don't do anything about it. And the final thing I'll say about supporting your team as it relates to going back to that earlier topic, building connection. This is the time to focus on empowering the team. Team building activities are a necessity. I'll give you a few different ways as a team you can come together. I talked about some earlier. You could do a happy hour. You could do service work or volunteer. You could have contests within your workplace. You could do trivia. You could do a compliment circle where people you know, go into a circle and talk about what they admire or respect about someone on their team. You need to be intentional about rebuilding your team morale. And you can find additional resources. I found these from teambuilding.com backslash rebuilding team morale. Check it out. Look for ways you need to be intentional. And this is actually probably more important for the people that are hybrid or leading hybrid and remote teams where people feel more on an island and less connected. You need to figure out and identify a strategy to bring everyone back together after this painful event has happened in your organization. So in conclusion, my final thoughts to you for those that have recently been laid off Remember that you are more than your title. You have so much experience. You have so many skills that you have. Start to highlight the value that you bring instead of the title that you were given and use that to propel you to find your next step and path. You will find this. You are not going to be without a job forever and we have to learn how to do things to protect our mental health such as building a routine and to, you know making self care a priority reevaluating what we actually want to do instead of feeling like i have to find a job in this place you have to focus on what you can control and the final thing i'll say is again remember that you are not alone you are not flawed you are not someone that's not going to produce value for an organization we've got to get out of our own heads and challenge that negativity bias in closing, don't wait for the right opportunity. Create it. Every day is an opportunity to begin again. This too shall pass. Until next time, good luck to everyone and reach out to crosscom.com. Check out our resources page. We would love to be able to help you or provide additional support during this challenging time. Thank you.